Okay, wh what we're going to do is um, chant Om uh, three times. When you're, when you're chanting Om, I'm just saying it in a very simplified form, because some of you I haven't seen before. Oh, it, it, it's a way of just uh, settling down, um, sort of collecting yourself, because, you know, we've all come from our families and our jobs and, and uh, different activities. Um, but it, it just brings us all together in one place. And um, so that, that OM just sort of brings everything together. And then uh, right after OM, there's sort of a creative silence. And in that creative silence, then your psyche is, uh, is uh, receptive to the, the obvious uh, things we discuss and, and also the subtle things that we discuss. Um, so it, you can say it centers you and it brings about your creative intelligence. See? So they say OM takes you home, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because well, no, normally we're scattered. <laughs> we're wearing ten hats on any one day. So we'll take a deep breath in. Gently take a deep breath in, and then release the breath, and then you can open your eyes. Good. Well, welcome, welcome all. Today we have a smaller group, I guess the weather, the rain. <laughs> We have somewhat of a um, sophisticated topic today. Um, um, don't worry if you don't get everything I say. <laughs> it's okay. Over time, it'll sort of seep in and you'll sort of figure it out. Um, uh, this, this topic of wind, wind, wind silence is um, 
to a regular person is, is sort of revolutionary and sort of radical, uh, revolutionary, radical way of looking at yourself. We're, we're all creatures of habit. So we have a habitual way of, of seeing ourselves, of experiencing ourselves. Um, but that's not necessarily the most optimal way of experiencing yourself and seeing yourself. So let's say you're basically a couch potato. You know, basically you're unfit. <laughs> Maybe your thumbs work really good, but short of that, <laughs> for a clicker, you know, but short of that, you, you know, you're athletically useless. And then you go to the gym or you pick up a sport and then you find out, wow, I have a whole other way of experiencing myself. I have far more capacity than I ever realized when I was a couch potato. <laughs> See? So when you're a couch potato, you're sub-optimized. <laughs> when you enter this yogic life, you're, you're sort of optimizing everything. You're optimizing the body, you're optimizing the emotions, you're optimizing your, your mental ability. You know, you're, you're upping your game. You're, you're increasing your profound fitness through a very deep form of insight. But just like when you go to the gym, the first few weeks you suffer. <laughs> you know, back suffers, leg suffers, arm suffers, everything suffers. But uh, over time, you acquire a fitness and you acquire uh, new abilities. So, in this yogic process, it's useful to have uh, some analytical facility um, where you can look at uh, different aspects of your life. <coughs> aspects of your life and um, try to see what the characteristics are um, because until you figure out the characteristics let's say the characteristics of your body the characteristics of your emotions the characteristics of your mental facility until you can sort of figure out the characteristics and, and how they function you can't manipulate it very much. You can't optimize it very much. You know, if I go out there to my car and it's having some engine problems, if I don't analyze it, I don't fix it. <laughs> you know, it just becomes an unknown problem. You got to look at it. You got to tinker. You say why. You know, look at its nature. You know it's nature before, you know it's nature now, and then say, okay, how did it make this transition? There's a, there's a process of analysis. So with the body, emotions, and mind, in order to get a, a deeper usefulness out of it, uh, you have to uh, do an analysis. When you talk about wind, here comes the philosophical part. <laughs> you talk about two things. One, effect, 
and to change. So the wind has an effect. You see it moving things. Okay? You see it changing things. But then when the wind stops, nothing. <laughs> it stops. <laughs> With this uh, wind comes out of something. See? There's a there's a baseline silence in every human in every human being. Uh, you experience it when you go to sleep, and then when you enter into deep sleep, then you enter into a a perfect balanced silence. And then as you start to arise in the morning, then the silence gets moving. See, so that movement starts to come back. The wind starts to flow again. <laughs> And then change starts to happen. You're thinking about this, you're thinking about that. So persistent change based on that movement. So the wind has an effect uh, and it creates change. But if you look further, it's actually insubstantial. Now, why is it insubstantial? Well, in the beginning, it might seem extremely substantial, like a typhoon. Well, it just blew down your house and knocked over your car. But later on, when the wind stops and the months go by, insubstantial. It didn't last. So whatever, whatever change occurred, it didn't last. So you, you think about when you were five years old. You were very dynamic. Lots of physical change, emotional change, psychological change. Is any of that here now? No, you don't think or experience the world as if you were five anymore. You experience the world based on your current condition, on, on what wind is blowing now. <laughs> See? So, there's a, with this wind, it has an effect. But it's substantially impotent, meaning the effect doesn't last. You know, whatever your body was then, it's not now. It didn't last. Whatever your emotional condition was then, it's not now. It didn't last. You know, whatever your, your thoughts were then, it's not the same now. It didn't last. But <clears throat> we take... Uh, we look at the wind, so let's say a body passion rises up. We take that body passion, ah, that's a beautiful woman, ah. We take that body passion, or that emotional reaction, or that mental reaction, as it's an absolute 100% certainty, full. <laughs> but we don't realize that it's a it's a dynamic appearance, but lacks substance. You know, what passion did you have that didn't rise and fall? See, they all rose and fell. You know, what dynamic thought that was so important to you didn't rise and fall? See, in the moment, it seems like this is one hundred percent real. This is like the most important thing. 
but it didn't last. It, it came and it went. It had an effect, but that effect was impermanent. It was temporary. So in, in, in this yogic process, you have to start trying to figure out what your real strengths were and where your real strengths lie. We, we think in the beginning that our real strengths lie in the wind of the body, in the wind of the emotions, in the wind of the mind. Uh, because there's an obvious movement. There's an obvious change of conditions. So we think that that's where the power is. Not so much. The, the real power lies in that, that precursor condition of the silence. That's the absolute platform that allowed all those things. Did not the wind rise from the, the stillness? The passion came from the, it arose out of a stillness. That's why you can see a differential. You have something to relate it to, to compare it to. Could you open the door? I think that's uh, Professor Warren coming. have these these three winds that we've put all of our attention into and that we think are a hundred percent real is as long as you think a delusion is a hundred percent real are you ever going to really have true self-knowledge it's not possible not possible. So everybody in the world is running around with some degree of of some degree of passion, and some degree of confusion, and some degree of heartbreak. Why? It's because they've put all of their attention, all of their energy, and all of their confidence in things that are constantly changing. You know, that's uh, ephemeral, that had a big effect, and then it's gone. So, how can you ever have any kind of a sense of emotional, psychological, you know, physical security? Is like the biggest things in your life are gone. You know, of course you, of course you're not happy. Of course you are. Uh, don't have a sense of security, that there's a, always an emotional angst, like, what's next? What's going to go wrong? It's because you put your attention and, uh, and you applied a notion that whatever is occurring via the body, via the emotions, via the mind, is substantial, real, and permanent. It's not substantial. It's not real, and it's not permanent. But you put all your attention in it as if it was. So, of course, when it goes, your heart's broken. <laughs> of course, when it goes, you have a sense of insecurity, like, I thought she loved me, now she doesn't. You know, I thought I was strong, now I'm sick. 
you know? I thought I was, I was smart. I failed the test, you know? We have all these notions, but we have to realize that the body is a type of wind. Our emotions are a type of wind. Our mind and our thoughts are a type of wind. They all have an effect, but they're insubstantial. They all have an effect, but they're all impermanent. <laughs> see? But see, so we're like a little bit topsy-turvy. We've been thinking that the impermanent is permanent. That's a real problem. That silence was the element that was, was permanent. But we, we disregarded the silence as something inert. Why do we think the silence is inert? <clears throat> Primarily because we haven't examined it. <laughs> so, you don't examine it, you don't know, you make some, some, some functional assumptions. See? Big problem. <laughs> really big problem. So, <clears throat> if which, 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 in this yoga, we have to try to uh, say, you know, wh what are the qualities or the values that have the greatest meaning? And where'd they come from? You know, and where, where have I experienced true meaning in life? Where have I experienced true love in life? Where have I experienced true contentment in life? You know, these are philosophical questions that we sort of just have to mull over and ruminate on. Now, when you're doing this deep rumination and this mulling over to say, you know, where did... I experience any kind of true love. I mean, where did I experience any kind of true sense of security or, you know, these kind of qualities? Your, your mind is getting quieter and quieter and quieter. Your body is getting quieter and quieter. If you're thinking deeply, are you like very frenetic? Are you running around? No. When you think very, very deeply, everything gets quieter and quieter and quieter. See, you're not frenetic. You're not running around. You're not, you know. That thought makes you simpler, 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 more and more piercing. So the emotions get quiet, the body gets quiet, the mind gets quiet, and just tightly focused. And the more quiet you get, and the more focused you get, the more into stillness you travel. And into that stillness comes, oh, the, the understandings that sort of explode in your head. You sort of get it. Oh, see? Or wow. But you had to, you had to render yourself down into different degrees of silence for that creative intelligence to spring out of the silence. You didn't do it when you were frenetic, running around. See? So the potency lies in the silence. Not in the wind. The wind is sort of an obvious, very convincing delusion. <laughs> it's an obvious, very convincing delusion. Mm -hmm. So I'm strong. Well, you're strong this second. Are you strong the next day? 
You wake up with the flu the very next day and can't get out of bed. But yesterday you were convinced you were strong. See? So, in, in learning this yogic process, we have to just realize that whatever body sensation I have, it's a wind. Whenever, whatever emotional experience I have, it's a wind. Whatever intellectual ideas I might have, as dynamic or as simple as they may be, is still just a wind. We, we, we can't make it 100% reality. It's not. It's, it's a wind. It has an effect. But ultimately, it's insubstantial. See? It has an effect. It creates a change. But ultimately, it is insubstantial. See? So why are all the yogis going into silence? Because in that silence, they've actually discovered what is truly substantial. It's just not obvious. Wind is obvious. Silence we ignore. But the yogis, you know, in, in, in the Bible it says, be still and know God. See? It means know the origin of creation. In the stillness you, you find it. Not in the activity, not in the winds. The winds are very convincing delusions. <laughs> so, as you're, as you're learning this yogic process and you get very excited about anything, whether it's physically excited or emotionally excited or intellectually excited, you have to s get the slow habit over time of just withdrawing a little bit, just creating a, a little bit of distance between that energetic wind, and silence. You have to get the habit of leaning back into silence and observing the wind. As we're normally, in our normal life, when the wind is blowing, we're completely wrapped up in it. See? In the yogic process, this is a very difficult but necessary skill to go high, is to always be able to recline a little bit, to create a little bit of distance between these various winds. To hold on to a little bit of silence, and from that silence, observe the wind. See? We, we observe the wind now as if we're part of it. See? Whether it's physical attraction, emotional attraction, intellectual attraction, that's me. That's who I am. We, we are self-identified with it. See? But again, remember, I'm remembering it's insubstantial. <laughs> that's why the disappointment comes in. Yeah. As where if we... Create a little bit of distance and hold a little bit of silence, then we can get much more perspective. And then whatever arises in us, we have that little moment, that little pause to interject whatever particular energy we want into it. Because normally an energy arises, the wind blows, and we're just wrapped up in the nature of the wind without affecting it at all. It, it's just it's, it's a, a compound of forces arising and blowing. See? But, but we, we didn't... Um, it's, like, it's like wind blowing over a garbage dump. It just... I mean, there may be diamonds in that garbage dump, but there's a lot of trash, but it just blows it all up. 
and it's all mixed together. There's, there's no, there's no uh, pause to, to interject uh, an energy of wisdom into those winds. Those winds are picking up whatever is there. See, so whatever physical phenomena is there, whatever emotional phenomena is there, whatever uh, psychic phenomena is there, a composite of elements are, are stirred up and, and pushed forward. See? But it's, it's a composite of stuff. There, there's no, there's no uh, conscious, willful use of interjecting a purifying force into it. It's just we live energetically through our stuff. You gotta understand it. it's all stuff. It's just it's a physical impulses that you've collected over time. It's emotional impulses that you've collected over time. It's ideas, uh, a multitude of ideas that you've collected over time and now the wind is blowing so it's rolling out. It's making itself obvious. But there's, there's, no, there's no control factor. There's no element to, to, to make it truly purposeful, to make it uh, uh, truly um, useful. See? If it's useful, it just happens to be that way. If it's not useful, it just happens to be that way. But there's no controlling element. If, if you can create a pause and you can hold the silence for a moment, so as, th as these different winds blow, you can, you can, in an intuitive way, you can allow the purest notion to arise, the purest idea to arise, the purest energy to arise, and then you can in interject that into that wind. See? But you've got you've to create a pause. See? Sometimes it's just allowing a wind to arise and just observing the wind. You may not interject anything, but just to say what is its nature. You know, just the physical wind, the emotional wind, mental wind. Just to, to, to look at its nature, to try to understand it as it is. Normally we're wrapped up in it. Normally we're subjective. And then with this, being able to, that creative silence allows us to pause and to look at it and then to see its nature. And then once we can see its true nature from an objective point of view, not a subjective point of view, from an objective point of view, we can, we can, we can make a decision, the buddhi, the, the, the element of mind that can decide, can say, okay, what is the most appropriate action? Uh, to, to address this wind. See? Normally, we just roll right into it. It's sort of like a, a storm we're constantly driving into, and we don't realize the implications. So, so often it's like driving into a tornado without thinking about the implications, like maybe you should be heading the other way. <laughs> but we roll right into it. So, but this takes a long time to to to, to, to start to realize that all the various arisings, physical arising, emotional arising, mental arisings, are just winds arising. And that wind is not you. We identify it as us, but it's not you. So we have to get this creative pause 
and then we should do what's appropriate. See? Sometimes what's appropriate is just to say, well, how did this happen? And just watch carefully. Other times, it's to say, okay, this wind is arose, ar ar arising. What energy can I bring to it? So, whatever favorite prayer that you have, and everybody should have developed some favorite prayers, or whatever favorite mantra that you have, those are always a good place to start, to interject that favorite prayer or that favorite um, purposeful aspiration or that uh, favorite mantra, meaning sacred utterance, into the mix, you see? So that you come from a base of power, which is that, that uh, creative intelligence silence, which doesn't change. Everything else is changing. That doesn't change. And then to interject it. So now you're changing the nature of your body. You're changing the nature of your emotions. You're changing the nature of your mind. But you're doing it in a, in a directed manner based on a creative silence. As where normally you experience the world through your body, your emotions, your mind, but it's random. It's like popcorn. <laughs> you know, this one's popping, this one's popping, this one's popping. There's, there's no regulated pattern. It's just popping, 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 popping. And we assume that that dynamic force is, is us. You know, we, we, we identified with it. But in this yogic process, you have to learn to slow down. That's why they say make haste slowly. <laughs> slow down. Create a pause. And, and you, you, you have to stop. That's why in like meditation practice, so you're sitting there, and then you say, okay, okay, the body's itching. So that's an arising wind. And oh, the emotions are, oh, my, my last love affair, oh. Again, in meditation, you don't grasp anything. You observe everything. You don't grasp anything. You, you create that a little bit of a distance. And then, oh, my mind is running. I don't know how people meditate. My mind is going all over the place. It's because they haven't learned to hold on to the silence. They're just holding on to the wind. Wind is like the, it's a, a force going across the dump. It's just picking up everything and spinning it around. You know, sometimes it's pretty, sometimes not so much. But that wind happens within the body of silence. See? So in this process, we have to learn how to re-identify We've identified only with the wind and not with the silence. The silence is the very structure. The wind is not possible without coming out of that still silence, that pervasive space. So this whole yogic process is to learn how to readjust yourself so that there's a, a prevailing stillness inside. Nature's always going to be wake, working, so the wind is always going to be blowing. Like, what day does the wind not blow? It blows every day. That's, that's normal. But it doesn't mean that you have to be affected by the wind every day. You see? It, 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 it depends on where you choose to stand. If you choose to stand 
emphasizing the wind while the wind becomes your primary experience. If you choose to stand in the silence, then the silence becomes your primary experience and also it becomes an empowering experience in which you can control the winds. Right now we don't control the winds, it just happens. You know, it just happens and we sort of roll along with it. You know, what if all of a sudden, you know, you could control the winds, see? That you were indifferent to the winds and you could only use, you, you, could, you could actually choose what was useful to you and what was not useful to you. You know, like I saw a girl one time, um, she just pricked her finger. It was like a small, tiny thing. But she almost fainted. <laughs> it, I mean, it was just a tiny little prick, just a little tiny drop of blood. But it became, because she was so wrapped up in, in, in the, the, the body phenomenon, she almost passed out with just a little pinprick. See, she's wrapped up in that wind. If she had any moment of still, it's like average guys, you know, we're working on cars and working on tools, we're building stuff. We bang ourselves up all the time. We get cuts and scrapes and scratches. You look at it, you shake it off, and you go back to work. See? It's because we sort of detached a little bit. We realize this is not a big deal. But like that girl, we think every wind is a big deal. So she almost fainted for a little tiny pinprick. So if you can create a pause, can you see how much more control you can get in your life where you're not reactive to everything and become responsive? There's a big difference between reacting and responding. That poor girl was reacting to a pinprick which almost caused her to pass out. That's where if you can get a little bit of distance and analyze the situation and realize, oh, this is a pinprick. It's no big deal. You go on about your work. You, you created a pause. You analyzed it. And then you made a judgment. And you didn't pass out. It, it, you, you determined it as inconsequential. Continued on. See? But it, it was because you stopped. You paused. You held a moment of silence. You looked carefully. You made a judgment. So now you're not controlled by the event. <laughs> See, normally we're controlled by these winds. It's a really a hazardous way to live. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a perilous way to live. So the yogis are constantly telling you to enter into that silence, enter into that pause, so that you can have an opportunity through creative stillness to make an intelligent judgment. <laughs> See? So we have to create some space between what we feel and what we think and the, the body impressions. Create some space. You know, hold on to some silence. And this just takes practice. Just like every now and then, just stop and be still. You know, or if you're even more clever, you can go out and buy these very simple watches and set, set it to a beep once an hour. And then it'll beep. I think I bought some watches like that. They only cost like $14, inexpensive. And then just take a breath and be still. Just, just for like two, three, four seconds. In those two, three, four seconds, you now got some perspective. 
And what happens is you, if you keep doing that, you'll get the habit of taking a pause. In the beginning, you have to do it mechanically. You have to have something remind you, you know, to, to stop. So you get, you know, one of these watches to beep, beep for you. Um, but later on, it'll become more and more habitual where you'll sort of, you'll, you'll learn to lean back into the silence, see? So people are constantly talking. We don't get all wrapped up in it. We learn to lean back into the silence. We're listening, but we're hearing more than the words. We're, we're, looking, we're actually starting to experience all the energetics of what's being said, not just the, the technical meaning of the words. So all of a sudden, more layers of information you're receiving simply because you've taken a pause, you've held the silence, you haven't gotten wrapped up in this wind, see? You become objective. So this is primary to more advanced practices of, of, of yoga, is learning how to take these pauses, how to how to realize whatever phenomena is arising, it's just the phenomena arising. It's just stuff arising. So we injure the body. We don't get all crazy about it. You know, the emotions go up and down. We don't get wrapped up in it. We have this idea or that idea. Take a pause. Realize the wind is blowing over a dump. Sometimes it'll blow up a jewel. Sometimes it'll blow up utter rubbish. But we don't identify with it like, oh, that's who I am. We have, to, we have to make the identification, the silence, as where that's much more who, who I am. See? And then these are, other, these are just elements of life being stirred up. See? But it's not who you are. See this? Can you understand the shift that I'm trying to say? Where, where the, we think we are the wind? And when we're really the sky, but we think we're the wind, that's the problem. We're really topsy-turvy. So we have to learn in the beginning mechanically to take these pauses and observe things. Later on, it'll become more and more of a habit. More and more, you'll become uh, just peaceful, not <gasps> wrapped up in every little thing. Every, every little thing has meaning. You know, can we all have friends that are like, constantly spinning, you know, to different degrees of drama. It's, it's because they're, all their attention is on the wind, and they're identifying it with the wind, when it's just stuff. It's not you. It's, it's just phenomena arising. Can you, can you start to see why meditation is so important? Meditation forces you to be still for prolonged periods of time, see? Which, it, it, it forces you to create some perspective. It, it forces you to have a bigger vision of yourself, see? But it, it's very important to be able to identify, you know, oh, I hurt my hand. Oh, I have sexual agitation. To identify it as a wind and, 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 and then to make the, the leap of, of faith and understanding that that wind is not who I am. I mean, how many times in your life have you had sexual agitation? What has been the big meaning? Has, has there really been any meaning to it? It was just an arising of a force. 
settling of a force. A rising of a force, settling of a force. But was it you? No. It was an energy. It was an energy arising, an energy subsiding. It wasn't you. Who was watching the energy arise? Who was watching the energy subside? See? It was you watching it via the silence. See? But because you misinterpreted the energy as you, 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 you stirred up the wind even more because you misinterpreted it. You said, this is who I am. You know? Big mistake. <laughs> Big mistake. You know? If you just see it as a rising and falling, and you can hold a pause and hold a silence, either you can do nothing and just let nature rise, nature fall, or you can say, okay, I can use this energy and make a determination. You can use your intellect to, to make a determination as to how you use that energy, see? As opposed to just impulsively using it, using the energy uh, in a reactive way as opposed to a responsive way, see? See, you have to get control over your life. You're not in control of your life, see? You're letting every impulsive wind determine your life and, and you're self-identifying with things that are impermanent, with, with these winds. So by, by naming it a wind, that helps you to get a little bit of distance. Just by naming it. Then you, then you realize this is a phenomenon. This is not necessarily me. If I pull on your nose, is that who you are? It's a phenomenon. I'm pulling on your nose. You feel it. But that's not who you are. All these other phenomena that are rising and falling, it's just like me pulling on your nose. It's not who you are. It may be an experience, but it's not who you are. See? So all these experiences are arising, and we're saying, this is who I am. And the yogi says, nonsense. That's not who you are at all. It may be an experience that, that you're perceiving, but it's not who you are. The only time you're going to find out who you are is in that creative silence, in that creative spaciousness. Then you're going to have what's called self-knowledge. But what you've been experiencing, that you've considered self, has been wind. Lots and lots of wind. <laughs> Physical wind, emotional wind, mental wind. It's not who you are. See? So we have to slowly, slowly, slowly learn to pause, learn to pause, learn to not be subject to the wind, not to be dictated by the wind. See, That's why the yogis become very purposeful. All kinds of stuff can happen to them, but they have a sense of true identity. So you can look at a, a Jesus. He's, he's walking around. There's all kinds of political strife going on. There's all kinds of religious strife going on. But he had his own identity. No matter what was happening, politically or religiously or family-wise, no matter what was happening, he understood who and what he was. He knew what he was, and, he, and from knowing his self, he knew what he was to do. Regardless, I mean, 
the guy couldn't walk down the street without having his life threatened. You know, he was a he was a a political threat to the Romans. You know, he was a religious threat to the Jews because he was giving a new theology, a revolutionary theology. Did he stop? Did he retire? Did he leave town? No. Why? Because he had profound self-knowledge. So whatever phenomena was arising, whether he was sick or well, whether people loved him or hated him, whether the political individuals feared him or loved him, it made no difference. He had a profound sense of self-knowledge, and in that self-knowledge, he fulfilled what he was. See? Regardless of all the events happening around him. See? He, he had true, true understanding of his, of his self. Now, if you, if you looked at his various disciples, half the time they're freaking out and worrying about their life and worrying about politics and worrying about religion and, and writing letters back and forth and <clears throat> trying to persuade this one and persuade that one. See? It shows different levels of self-knowledge, different levels of attunement. So, anytime you see any great teacher, any great master, any great guru, you'll see different levels of disciples around them. Each one of those disciples is representative of a level of self-knowledge. The less self-knowledge they have, the more reactionary they are. <laughs> see? The less self-knowledge they are, the further away from self you are, the more primal you become, more violent you become. See? The greater the self-knowledge, the greater peace you have, the greater compassion you have. See? But it's based on self-knowledge. And for self-knowledge, you need a certain amount of silence. You have to be able to stop and see what is real. What is the origin of things? What is the motivation of things? For that, you need to quiet down, quiet down quiet down, look deeply. And then not only intellectual understanding is there, but even beyond that, intuitive understanding arises. See? That arising of knowing. I know what is so. See? But nothing happens if you're constantly identifying that, oh, this body passion is me, this emotional passion is me, this intellectual idea is me. See? You have to put a question mark by everything. You have to question everything. And then lean back into the silence. And be patient. Be, just learn to cool out. Be aware, be patient, be attentive. Self-knowledge arises. So, if, if I have a lots of firecrackers going off in the street, all of your attention is there on that phenomena, and you've forgotten yourself. Well, this world is like a thousand firecrackers frying off all the time. So you're wrapped up there, and, and you've forgotten yourself. See? That's why the yogis say, take a pause. You know, calm down. Be still. You know, so that you're aware of the firecrackers, but you're no longer wrapped up in the phenomena. See? 
You didn't lose anything. You still know what's going on, but you're no longer possessed by the phenomena. See? So you can act appropriately. Some people are getting all oh, excited, or some people are starting to dream, oh, it's going to cause a fire. They get wrapped up. They've lost themselves. They, how can they do what's truly appropriate if they're wrapped up in the wind themselves? They're spinning in the tornado, trying to make decisions as they spin. Can you see why the yogis can see clearly and act decisively? See? Because they don't allow themselves to get wrapped up in the wind. See? They can see the nature of the wind, they can see all of its implications, and they make a judgment based on that deep insight. So this is, this is really what the yoga process is, is about. It, is, is, it really is a process of coming home, uh, leaving a, a dynamic delusion. But in order, to, in order to get out of that dynamic delusion, you have to realize you're in a delusion. You, you have to realize that you're saying that the wind, which has an effect, is 100% real. And you have to, in your own personal life, say, how real is this? You know, it, does it have an effect? Yeah, it has an effect. But how real is it? And they say, okay, when you're looking at the idea of real reality, or the word truth, there's what is permanent, and there's what is impermanent. If it's impermanent, it's not really real. It's just, we're, we're just watching the dynamics of change. But it's not real. You know, this moment it's this, this moment it's this, this moment it's that. How real was that? <laughs> See? It's, what's real is what is stable and permanent. So we always have to be asking ourselves, what's stable? What's permanent? That has to be like a 24-7 reflection. What's stable and what's permanent? And then we judge everything from that position. Well, you know silence is stable and permanent. It's always there. It doesn't go anywhere. We may make a lot of noise, but that noise is always reference to the silence. See? Spaciousness is always there. It doesn't change. But things arise and fall within the spaciousness. So we're looking at that, but we don't look at the spaciousness itself. See? The spaciousness is what's, is, is, is what's stable. It's like the space of, of the air is stable, not the clouds. See? Not the storm that passes through. It's the spaciousness that was stable. See? We, so we have to sort of get these things in our mind to say what is stable, what is permanent, and then start to make that the basis of our personal reflection. Right now, as common human beings, we make the impermanent, the various winds, the subject of our personal reflection. We're reflecting on change all the time. <laughs> you know? Well, where has that got you? Where has that gotten anybody? See? As opposed to reflecting on what's stable and permanent. See? So this is a massive, massive, massive psychic shift. 
that we have to slowly make. And that we have to realize that all of my life, I've, I've been focusing on the wind and not focusing on what's stable. Wind is inherently unstable. It's inherently unstable. And that's what we've been focusing on. So you get what you focus on. You become like what you focus on. You focused on the wind, which is inherently stable. Why are you surprised that your psyche, your emotions are inherently unstable? See? You, 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 very, you experience yourself completely in an unstable form. So can you really ever be happy if you're always unstable? Is that possible? Not possible. See? We have to make uh, an intelligent investigation of what is stable, what is permanent. And you do that by these practices of meditation. And then the, under the intuitive understandings that arise out of that silence, out of that creative, intelligent silence. See? You need a new place to stand. You stood always identifying as the wind, which is impermanent. Now, in the yogic process, we want you to establish yourself within the silence, which is stable. When has silence not been? When has it not been? Every sound you hear comes and goes. Inherently unstable. Because we haven't examined silence, we think it's inert. When it actually, it's, it's the creative source, it's the creative battery of everything else. Of all these winds, all these manifestations, all these phenomena, the creative battery is that silence. The absolute intelligence lies in that silence. See? So, this is the psychic shift that we have to slowly make. Is this very difficult? Yes. Is anybody going to support you in this transition? No. <laughs> Is your mother, brother, sister, friend coming with you? Probably not. <laughs> you know, because they're wrapped up in the wind. And no one told them to take a look at the other side of the, of the world. See, where'd that wind come from? Under what conditions can it exist? What's, what supports the wind? What allows it to be? See? So, the yogi will tell you Look to the silence if you want stability, if you want true intelligence, if you want true insight, if you want to know the origin of things, it's in the silence. Okay? If you want to have true self-knowledge, not self-delusion, look into the silence. Your, your original face, that's how the Chinese say it, it's a lovely way of saying it. In the silence, you'll find your original face. Yeah. Not your composite face, which is what we all wear when we're running around. So we have a five-year-old face and a 10-year-old face and a 30-year-old face. You know, these are all composites that, that we've all put together that is com completely changing. This one says something to you, and you've changed. That one says something different to you, again, you change. Can you see how volatile? Can you be happy at any time? 
when you're living in such a volatile condition, when the, anybody that says anything creates a different uh, manifestation of the face that you're presenting to the world, they'll say something, you smile. They say something else, you frown. There's no stability. You know? Even, a, uh, even how some stranger says something to you, all of a sudden, your face changes again. And he's a stranger. You have no investment in that being. <laughs> but you've changed. You can't be happy that way. You can't be happy that way. It's not possible. Any, any aberrant phenomena goes by changes how you experience yourself. It's impossible to be happy that way. You have to find stable ground. So the, the yogic, yogic method is trying to give you stable ground. Buddha was Buddha was Buddha. No matter what you said to him, what you did, he was the same manifestation. Jesus was Jesus was Jesus. No matter what you said to him, no matter what you did, he was one manifestation. Sri Bhagavan Krishna, no matter what happened around him, he was one pure manifestation. All of these souls are standing on stable ground. So, what they are this moment is what they were forever moment. See? There's no change. There's the creative, dynamic, perfect reality flowing from them. They only had one face. Human beings, us, we have 10,000 faces in one day. In one day we have 10,000 faces. Can we possibly be happy? You know, can we possibly be happy? No way. Moments of, of pleasure, moments of happiness, yes. But right after that, when the pleasure or the joy leaves, we're not so happy. So we're like up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. We can't possibly be happy. Mm -hmm. That's why you see so many people are seeking after pleasure. Because they want a moment of happiness. Whether it's an ice cream, you know, or a sexuality event, or some praise. We're always seeking that pleasure. Because fundamentally we're not happy. <laughs> That's why we're all chasing after the you know, ice cream or sexuality or whatever. We're fundamentally not happy. <laughs> We want a, a moment of pleasure. And it's only a moment. And then it's gone. And then we're bereft. And then we're running around looking for it again. What if we could find a stable place of joy? It exists. You know, a stable place of felicity. It exists. You know, a stable place of, of self-knowledge. As opposed to persistent self-doubt. It exists. But we have to make a radical shift. We have to first identify that all of these phenomena are just winds. And then we have to learn how to hold the silence in the wind. See? We have to learn to hold the silence in the wind. And then later on, it's like it gets to be sort of fun. Because you can say, okay, right now it's raining outside. Right now I see the wind blowing. I can see the raindrops coming down. So I see that. Now where can I, can I see the stillness that envelops it? 
See, you have to actually be able to physically, psychically see the stillness that envelops the wind. See, I'm looking out the door right now and, and doing that. It becomes sort of fun. It, it gives you a, a, a different sense of perspective. Normally, we just see the wind blowing. No, no, let's see now. I, I can see the wind. I acknowledge that. But where is the silence? Where is the stillness as I, ob as I observe the wind? See? You have to get that habit of being able to, to balance your brain to see that there's another phenomena, there's another condition, let's say that way, another condition that supports that movement. See? You actually have to physically be able to look out into movement and also see the stillness. You know? And then it begins very easy to start to see the, the movement in yourself, the various winds in yourself, and also hold the stillness, to see the stillness. See? The moment you can see the stillness, you can get some balance, you can get some perspective. As long as you're holding on to just the wind, no balance, no stability, there'll be inherent fear, no matter what, because there's a persistent change. And you don't know what the next change is. Maybe it's favorable, maybe not so much. So it's like, uh-oh, it's good this second, but what about the next? See? Whether it's conscious or unconscious, there's an inherent fear, because you don't know what's happening the next moment. But if you can say, okay, my primary, my, the primary aspect of my existence is in this stillness and in this silence, I'm aware of all the activity, I'm aware of all the phenomena, but I'm not invested there. I'm invested in my personal silence. I'm invested in the process of deep insight and realization. I'm invested in that intuitive arising. I'm aware of all that, but this is where my investment is. See? In that self-knowledge, in that stability, the fear goes out. <laughs> See? Because you have a stable condition that doesn't change. In that stable condition that doesn't change, no more fear. See? The more you can adjust to that stable silence inside yourself, the less neurotic you become. <laughs> We're, we're all, you know, as human beings, just sort of active, creative neuroses. So sometimes we're smiling, sometimes we're cursing, you know, sometimes we're grimacing, sometimes we're saying sweet words. And it's always on this flux. What if you had some stable ground, you know? What if you created the, the habit of seeing the silence, holding the pause? And then you can relate to the world. You, the world doesn't go away. The wind doesn't stop blowing. But it doesn't become your primary focus. See? Your primary focus becomes this stability. You know, this, this, this true face. It's like the true face of Buddha. The true face of Krishna. The true face of Jesus. As opposed to the 10,000 faces we wear every day. See? Constantly, constantly fluxing. You know, constantly unstable. Does, does this make sense? See? But first you have to identify it as a wind. See? Wind has effect, but it's insubstantial. Wind has effect, but it doesn't last. See? So the moment you realize it's a wind, even if it's something bad, oh, my knee is killing me. 
to realize it's not going to last. That sort of takes the edge off of things. See? And that it's not the most important thing. You know, if we take 100% of our, our attention and put it on the ping prick, then we almost faint. But if we can take, we can acknowledge it and then put our attention on the silence, perspectives change. Like that poor girl, little tiny pinprick, she almost fainted, <laughs> literally. And it was just a tiny pinprick. So bit by bit, if we can start to get the habit of this silence, to, that, that, that's sort of where we reside, you know, that our primary psychic focus is on a, our, our creative silence, then just stuff happens. Like I work, I do crafts, you know. I get injured all the time. I get bashed, cut, stuck. You just fluff it off. It's, it's just a moment of stuff. It doesn't become my day. I smashed my hand. Like the other day, I smashed my hand. I was very happy I didn't get broken. But it was hit that hard. You know, that... that I don't know why it didn't break. It was just good fortune. But it was really smashed. I didn't stop working. You know? It was cut. It hurt. So what? I, I didn't make that. The, the, the average guy would have run off to the hospital and, you know, and wrapped it up. and you know, It would have been a, become a, a big deal. It hurt. It got smashed. Wash it, forget it, move on. <laughs> you know, my hand wasn't the big deal. You know, I hold on to my silence. I have an objective. I take care of business. It didn't become my world for that day. You know, it had my attention for maybe four or five minutes. Back to work. It didn't stop. I had more control over my day. I didn't make the phenomena the factor that controlled my day. See? I controlled my day. See? I controlled where my attention was. See? I had more control over my life. So this is what we all have to do as, as people who are entering this yoga life, is to, to, to know where we put our attention. To acknowledge the rising and falling of phenomena, to, to acknowledge the wind, but not make, not allow the wind to become our reality. <laughs> See, my my smashed tan was not my reality. See, my own internal quiet, my own internal creative peace, that's my reality. <laughs> you know, this hand getting smashed was just stuff passing by. <laughs> it's just just wind blowing. You know. To me, insubstantial, <laughs> insubstantial. So, I maintain my peace, do my work. That's it. <laughs> See? So this is how this is the kind of skills that we all have to get, you know. And just like you're working on it, I'm always working on it. See, not to be wrapped in the wind, but to be able to hold the silence. Are there any thoughts or, or, or questions? Ideas? Are there certain winds that are harder to find the silence in than others? Of course there are. There's always challenge, but you have the power of will. You are the final arbiter of where you put your attention. 
Yeah, but you get more skillful. You get more skillful, and you learn different tricks. You learn different tricks. You know, that's why I always say prayer, mantra, meditation. So, like, if I smash my hand, I can inject a prayer into it, or a mantra into it, and then forget it. So I've injected some energy into it, of a positive nature, and then I simply forget it. And I put my attention back into my silence, and back into the objective of the day. See? I, I don't let that, that win determine my, my experience of, of existence. How you know? did you put the energy into your hand? You just said a prayer for your hand? You said, yeah. you like my hand to do? No, 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 no. Well, you can do that in the beginning. That's sort of very elementary. This is, this is a whole science. But you just have to understand that energy goes wherever thought goes. Okay? So, I just created a healing thought through mantra. Forget it. Just forget it. You know? It's like a barking dog. Pat it on the head and forget it. <laughs> the hand was just a barking dog. I patted it on the head and I forgot it. <laughs> See? I don't make it like the subject of my day. <laughs> it's a barking dog. Pat it on the head or give it a bone and forget it. <laughs> See? You know, hold on to your integrity. Don't let the world pull you out into itself. So, in the more elementary days, if your mind is shaking because of this problem or that problem, center your mind on mantra. And then, when things cool out a little bit, then center your mind on silence. See? Or if you're like totally crazy erratic, center your mind on prayer. Then center your mind on mantra. Then center your mind on the silence. You have to find a way back, a sanctified way back in to your original face, you see, and back to that silence. See, so that's how that's how you do it, you know. But you don't make the barking dog your reality. See, the wind blowing is just a barking dog. <laughs> but you have to practice, practice, practice. That's become your lifestyle. You know? always coming back to the silence, coming back to the silence, coming back to the silence until the habit is established. So that you're always sort of resting there. See? No matter how animated you may be, that's all theater. Inside, you're quiet. <laughs> any, other, any other ideas, questions, thoughts? Um, a couple of images came up. <coughs> I was just hearing them for a while. Were... And you have to suspend the foreground and background. Hmm. We always see the foreground, like the foreground comes out of the background. Exactly. So, John uh, Cage, the new uh, composer, uh, tried to make his music at some point where the silence between the notes has to be heard with the same reality as the notes themselves. Bring it out to every sense into the period. And we beat his hands and skip over the period, but we know that's a gap. Like that's really where the wind comes and goes. Yes. And finally, the two other images were one is that the wind is always, in, in physics, the 
wind is the horizontal motion of air mass along the Earth. The vertical motion, which is the pressure, it drives the wind. We don't feel, we don't have the tough hot up and down graphics. Mm -hmm. Very, um, but the overall this pressure is the vertical component of, of uh, which drives it, which you don't feel. Mm -hmm. Third was just the image of the um, brass singing bowl. Mm -hmm. And the brass singing bowl ends, and the singing of the singing bowl ends in the silence. Exactly. I think that's an excellent example. That when you, you ring these bowls, we're attuned to the, the sound of the ringing bowl, but we're also equally attuned to the silence that happens right after, that resonant silence. It becomes very obvious. It's a very good example. So we have to learn to acquire that sense of that silence and, and hold on to it and become far less reactionary in the world. Become, we, we respond to the world, but not, not reacting to the world. See? We have to learn how to have a resident silence, and we have to learn to discover our true face. Just, just get real about it. Every day you wear 10,000 faces. You, know, you adjust the face for this, adjust the face for that, adjust the face for this. See, You're always in flux. Find your original face, see? and that will you'll do that through your silence. Edgar, you've come on this fancy day of a very sophisticated philosophy. <laughs> Does any of this make sense? Yeah, good for you. Sometimes it's you know more lighter discussions, but today is like <laughs> sort of deep stuff. So. Somewhere in your belly, you must have been contemplating some deep things, because that's the day you came on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, everybody gets, everybody shows up for the medicine they need. <laughs> Whether it's conscious or unconscious, you show up for the medicine you need. <laughs> yeah, very good dose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, any other, any other thoughts on this sort of radical... It's simple, but very radical. It, it's a completely a change of, of how you experience life and what you pay attention to. And understand that you're paying attention to the wind all the time. Yeah. So, um, typically we think of the wind as this external force, you know, like reacting to somebody or the environment or something. But um, the internal wind... When our thoughts are kind of, when we're just daydreaming, or sure. is what technique would you recommend to? You have to first be aware of it. Identify it and pause. That that is the first thing, mm -hmm. is is to identify it as a wind. Mm -hmm. You know whether it's physical arising or emotional arising or your thought patterns. The very first thing is to identify that 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 this is a wind, and inherent in the word wind. It's not substantial. It has an effect, but it doesn't last. It disperses. Wind always disperses. It subsides. But we, we look at the wind, and whatever the wind stirred up, whatever effect it had, we assume that it's a permanent, when it's ephemeral. See? 
so we, the very fact that we realize it's a win and ultimately ephemeral, ultimately it's empty. See? Its effect can't last. It created an effect, but it can't last. The very idea of that changes how we deal with things, changes our, the nature of our experience. See? Changes the nature of our response. See? So we, the very key is to identify it. As so we think, oh, this is who I am. Oh, this is what I feel. And when we say this is what we feel, we're saying this is who I am this moment. That's inherently an error. That's not who you are. It's, just, it's, it's theater. You know? The play always ends. So, so we, we have to realize that whatever arises, that is not who we are. That that, that is an in, unstable condition that has arisen. And what the, the peace and the courage comes from the stable. You know, lack of peace and fear come from the unstable. <laughs> See? So... But by learning to identify with the silence as, as, your, as your physical being, as your emotional being, and as your mental being, that my body lies in the silence, my emotions lie in the silence, my intellectual facility lies in the silence. There's stability there. See? See? Even in silence, we have a, a sense of our psychic self but it's not this, this clay pot self, see? So we, we learn how to utilize these phenomena but not be dominated by them, see? We don't be, we're not dominated by them. As where the average human being is dominated by whatever uh, physical sensation they may have or emotional sensation that they have, you know, they're constantly revolving, revolving, changing every moment. There's no stability in that. There's no peace in that. There's no safety in persistent change. We're always, there's always a hidden fear all the time. See? But as, as we can learn to hold on to this um, spacious silence, this stillness inside, and, and, and just have a realization that this stillness is not inert. That it's a living, vibrant, persistent force. And then we just get comfortable holding on to that as a sense of self. Everything else works out. You know, everything else becomes various gradations of stuff. You know? <laughs> we, we have to find our own, our own true identity. And that's what we lack, is is our, our own true identity. And then we have this fear, well, I like this about myself, I like that about myself. Fine. But where did that quality that you like in yourself come from? You have to be able to follow it back. Something comes from something. See? If you're a mother, you'll be a more loving mother. If you're an inventor, you'll be a greater inventor. Because whatever invention you're making, it came out of that that creative silence. You know, if you're a good mother, you'll even be a better mother because the energy of that love came out of that creative silence. 
it's it, it's 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 a uh, it's it's purest form. See, not its abstracted form in the world. It's 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 in its purest form. It's most native condition, and that's what we're trying to get you back to, is a more native condition, which allowed all the other stuff to be. See, and then and you can learn what's what's real. You know, like I said, the further away from self-knowledge you are, the more primitive you'll be and the more violent you'll be. The closer you get to your true self, your native self, your sense of true identity, the more loving you'll be, the more compassionate you'll be, the more intelligent you'll be. You, know? you, you won't... There's, there's, the closer you get to yourself the less others there are. The further you go to yourself, the more others there are. You understand what I'm saying? One, you'll see greater unity. The other, you'll see greater fragmentation. The more fragmented you see the world, the more others you see the world, the further away from your essential self you are. See? See? But if I can find a silence in me, and experience it in a genuine sense. Then when my, I open my eyes, I can see the silence in you. I can see the wind in you, but I can also see the silence in you. See? And that's what the teachers are doing. The teachers are guys and women who have found greater and greater silence, greater and greater their original face. And then when they open their eyes, they see that in you also. So they, they try to enhance your, your original face and help you to diminish your, you know, 10,000 faces, see? So they to whittle you down, whittle you down, whittle you down, so that you become essentially you, you know? We become part of the same body, part of the same space, you know, sort of the, sort of the body of creative intelligence, see? So there's no more fighting. The further you're away from your own identity, more fighting, more trouble, more other, see? more negativity. See? So find this essential self. Realize winds are winds and, and instable, and self is self and stable. Find your true self. True stability, what's, what is truly stable in you, see? Then there's no more fighting. You become a universal friend, see? And then you always seek to link with the stable in other people. So most times we, we link with the noise in other people. We take our noise and we link with their noise, and you have a cacophony of noise. The yogic process is... We find our intelligent stability, our intelligent stability, the permanent factor in ourselves, and then we try to link that with whatever is around us. You know, whether it's a tree or a human being, that same creative silence is here, that same creative silence is in the tree, that same creative silence is in the human, that same creative silence is in the dog. See? All of a sudden, you start to become a universal friend. You, you, you have a a simpatico with everything, see? You see the wind in a human mind, per person as the wind. You don't, you don't 
see their anger as a permanent factor of what they are. See? You realize this is a win that they're obsessed with. So you try to look beyond the win to what's stable. But if you can find the stability here, then you can find the stability there. If you can't find the stability here, you're not going to find it there. See? You've got to have your own house in order. And then you can see the order of other houses. See? You can see their condition. That's how the teachers know so much. Because they've gotten themselves in order. Then they can see what level of order or disorder is around them. See? But they first got the order in themselves. See? Make sense? So... So this is what this is what this whole yoga thing is all about. It's um, finding your original face, seeing wind for wind, and knowing that knowing the nature of wind. See, you have to see wind for wind and know its nature. Then you don't get sucked into it. See, but if you think the wind is real and permanent, big trouble. Unfortunate. Unstable. Unstable, next step is fear. Right after un instability is always fear. Known, unknown, conscious or unconscious, it's there. See? So if you want to remove fear from your life, find what is stable in yourself. See? Makes sense, huh? <laughs> Any other ideas, thoughts? Yeah. A little bit of a sophisticated talk. Little, you know, fancy high, high philosophy. <laughs> Any ideas, Susan? Um, I have a question that might be understandable to everybody else, but it's not to me. Um, the bowl you were saying—that's an important description. Yeah, is a bowl. The singing bowls. Can you help describe how that vibration leading to silence? It just makes it very obvious, because that's those singing bowls are really lovely. Um, it'll give you one pure tone that's easy to uh, identify. And then it's also very easy to identify its absence. Right. The but absence... How does that help understand how, what, where the source of the movement is from? Is that what it's supposed to be? Sound arises out of something. What, what does it arise out of? But oh, I see. It, it's very okay. easy to see the differential and that, that the silence is a as substantial as the tone itself. So it, can't, it was silent before, then the tone, then it went back to silence. Yes, but, but it, it, the, the differential between the tone and the silence becomes very, very obvious with the singing bowl. That the, that the, the silence is as dynamic an element as the bowl singing itself. So it's a very good example. It's, it's actually an excellent example. Okay. Any anything, Victor? Uh, I just I, I love to talk, and I just like I think of like the wind in my life, and I realize like when I have find my silence, it's like when I have like meaning or purpose, and then the, the wind just dissipates. You know, like if it's me trying to get through college, or me going through a hard time, or me just focusing on God, like the wind becomes just the wind. You know, so I just I, I love like just thinking about how I I'm. Trying to, or I have applied, or I, how I need to apply these these lessons in my life. Yeah. Yeah. We have to learn how to tag things. If we don't tag them and identify them, we get wrapped up in them. We just sort of get sucked in, and we we, we don't have that. We don't have the uh, ability to observe. 
we become subjective as opposed to objective. Yes? How do you uh, deal with a situation where you're surrounded by people who are the ones? Yeah. Possibly <laughs> are tornadoes around you and you're trying to like see and decipher one from another, but yet you're so caught up in their wings and you're like, wow, it's really hard to see this as a wind, like a wind. Yeah. Now, this is a really good question. This is where the word retreat comes in. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes our friends around us are like a noisy bear. And they have claws and they bite. So sometimes it's like, if we can't utilize these psychic tools, sometimes we have to physically remove ourselves. You know? until we can get ourselves together and get ourselves strong enough to not be influenced by the wind. You know, so, you know, you know, there was like, when I was a boy, you know, there was some, some, you know, you have all these different friends and they're all different types of fun, but there were some friends that I knew that I knew that if I hung out with them, we're going to get into trouble because I don't know why, but it would always happen. You know, so I realized, okay, I got to cool it with these guys because I'll get caught up into that wind. And I just have to physically remove myself until I acquired enough personal strength to like, you guys, you're into your thing. God bless you. Good luck with that. But I'm not going, <laughs> you know. So sometimes you just, you just got to physically stand aside, you know, stand down and let them work out their noise. Uh, and then you then you have to slowly try to associate with people who are being more reflective you know not reactive but more of a pause in their life and uh, trying to have a, a, a real purpose and meaning and then you learn these quiet skills of, of yoga uh, where you can fortify yourself you know you have to become your own uh, athlete so that you have the strength to to not, not be affected by the winds, you know. There has to come a point where you say, this is who I am, and this is what I do. And then th this is who I am it has to be based in that deeper silence, you know. So you, you're not putting down anybody. They're going to do what they're going to do. They have their own drama. But you know your agenda. You know who you are and what you're about. And you're going to do that, see. So you have your own very strong script, you know, that's based in a silence, based in your own sanctity. And let them live out their dramas. You know, it's like, that's why I say to so many people, God bless you, good luck with that. <laughs> you know, it's like, do what you want, but this is where I'm going. You guys want to go that way? Good luck with that. So we just have to do that, but we have to, sometimes if the noise is so much and we're sort of habituated, we just got to get out. You know, we just got to get out. We have to retreat and find sort of a safe place to stand where all that wind is not blowing, you know. So sometimes it's like we're just not going to associate for a while. God, I, you guys are cool, but I'm out of here. Sometimes we have to leave the city. Sometimes we have to leave the state, <laughs> you know, because it's just the wind is so strong and it's so easy to get sucked up in it. You know, it's like you don't want to live in the middle of a typhoon, so it's like move, you know.
And sometimes you realize you're not going to change the typhoon, but you can move yourself. So that's sort of what it is. Any other ideas? That's a good question, though. Any? I just remembered Matthew. Yeah, I remembered the experience of this Julia. Uh, Julia Hill. You know, she, she sat on the tree. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Two years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Butterfly. Butterfly. Uh, yeah, Julia Butterfly. My my neighbor is working with them right now. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, she. You know, I, I just her experience, and someone uh, climbed the tree. The one of her friends. Lunar was the name of the tree. Lunar. Yeah, Luna. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then yeah. this guy mm -hmm. climbed to get an interview with her <laughs> about her experience, because a few days ago there was a big storm. Mm. And she was still sitting there. Mm. And then she she expressed that storm, how she managed. So she was kind of shivering, you know, she's never gonna die now, you know. The way she expressed it very nice, you know. As died then I thought about it, okay, no problem, dying or whatever, you know. Then everything calmed down. Right. And so basically the way we we uh, react reacting to the situation. Then my experience, own experience, when I was in Los Angeles, I used to go to this, uh, the nightlife place, Hollywood, and Big Club. Mm. They put heavy system, sound system, and a lot of distortion, the music, and everything is so loud. And someone will be always noticing the how the, the sound level, yeah. dB, 120 or something like that, it should not go. But people want more. There is no problem that much heavy noise and everything, people were happy. And the same one of this person, for example, meeting you know, the, another place where gathering like this, mm -hmm. if someone says, little loud, you know, something like that, little loud uh, speaking, oh, you are screaming at me, you know. Then I was saying, how come that? It's not, not that noisy. But wherever that place is heavy, heavy noise where mm -hmm. it can damage your... Yeah, there that place happy, feel good. Mm. But whereas this one human being saying something little loud, you know, mm. I don't like it because she was so loud and you know, screaming at me. Mm. What? Why? Yeah. So that means it's happening inside only. Mm. The way how how I can tolerate this noise and how even the very a feeble a little bit sound you know cannot tolerate. Yeah, your reaction to the so, one. so it's observing my own way. How do I react to the situation? Observe. It's yeah. observing that it's not really you know noisy that much. Still yeah. we react, and whereas it's heavy noise and the situation, we are so calm with that, you know? right? And right. happy even. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any thoughts, Fong? <laughs> That's a very good analogy, and um, but it'd be like a, still like a mountain. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That's when I was a kid. You know, uh, I used to. Uh, uh, not everything you could overcome. But when I was a boy, I used to say, you know, the mountains will turn to dust before I quit. Meaning that, you know, once I got something in my mind and I determined that it was good and worthwhile doing, 
I might not be able to outright beat every circumstance, but I knew I could outweigh every circumstance. <laughs> you know, I could outlast anybody. <laughs> so that's the kind of thing you have to have that still determination and, and just outweigh all the phenomena. You know, in, in, that, in that profound patience, you're finding yourself. You know, you're discovering your own self. You know, you can outweigh everything. Like if my hand is injured, I can outweigh that. You know. <laughs> you just brought up another image, and that is that sometimes I feel like when I'm doing an end run, uh, rather than going through the pack, hmm. is going through the pack is running into all your friends and all your back and parts of storms in the trees. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a simple way around. Right. And it's much quieter. Exactly. Exactly. So it feels like you didn't know, need to push down to the middle of the pack. Yeah. Yeah, no need. No need. Go around. <laughs> yes, Jamie. What seems so clear and beautifully spoken now, I find is always so blurry, like two weeks from now, three weeks from now. <laughs> And the secret is persistent association. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to imagine myself as like a tree, a big tree, and I'm going to treat the silence as water. And the more silence I get, hopefully, the stronger and deeper my roots will get for that, and a little more space. Okay, keep, you know, keep experimenting. Yeah. And you'll refine that notion, refine that notion, refine that notion. Yeah. And keep, take, take physical notes and psychic notes. You know, you must be exceptionally experimental, you know, and then just watch, just watch, you know, and, and you'll make adjustments, you know, just like tuning up an engine, you, you make some adjustments and then you listen carefully, no, 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 and then make a few more adjustments until it's just humming, <laughs> you know, <laughs> all the cylinders are coordinated. I just have one other image. Kind of a, a variation on the end run, but it's becoming one with when a butterfly becomes part of the tree, then there's no wind. Yeah. She doesn't feel the wind, then she became a uh, part of the yeah. amazing. Okay. Good. Any other closing ideas or thoughts? I can smell the food in the back. It smells good. <laughs> okay. Sylvia, anything? Well, um, oh, nothing to add. Just um, uh, right now I have a lot of change going on in my life. Yeah. So I, I, I oh, good. I feel the wind. Timely. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, um, but I think that, and, and I, I, I'm actually, uh, know that I'm sensitive to atmosphere mm. and, and so yeah well as an artist makes sure. me a little susceptible to being like yeah. flustered yeah you know by changes but right. I think that now I'm thinking I need to find some consistency some something that's where mantra dropper is really important so I will be doing that you know, mantra and then to, into the silence you know and realize this is all stuff it's all changed. Where will, where will anything that you're experiencing be in 50 years? Mm -hmm. See? So, so.
So we, we want to just, we want the, uh, the stable elements of our being to, to put our primary attention on that. Because those things will outlast even your body. <laughs> you, know? you know? Even your body. Th those fundamental qualities that, you, that are the foundation of you, that persists. See? Even beyond your body. You know, houses come and go, race comes and goes, boyfriends, girlfriends come and go, body comes and goes, but you, the essential what you are, persists. And the yogic process is to learn to hold on to what persists, to identify what persists, become ourselves again. You know, not an abstraction of ourselves, but become ourselves again. See? That's the whole life process. Then the whole element of fear leaves the life, you know, because all the other stuff goes. It goes, but you, fundamental you, persists. See? So we'll chant Om three times, and then I know the appetites are rising because the fragrance of the food is coming forward. <laughs> so with a deep breath. Oh.